We are on our part two of the book of Ephesians. We are clicking through Ephesians. We started it last week. We've got our uh, little uh, crazy written Ephesians there. If you'll look at it, you'll see one, two, three, four, five, and six all represented there because there are six chapters in the book of Ephesians. And the Ephesians, Paul is, talks about the mystery. The word mystery rolls up in his teachings over and over again. But in Ephesians, he really utilizes that phrase, the mystery, and he talks about that it's been revealed. God's not trying to hide something from you and I, and he wants us to see. And it's ultimately, the mystery is how God has brought us into his family. Now, if you'll bust your notes open, we're going to about to cruise through a number of these things, and we're going to just cover all of Ephesians 2. I'm excited about this. And here we, we've launched with this. This is our launching thought for this series. That as we study the letter to the Ephesians, we see God's heart towards humanity revealed. What God's heart is towards us. And that helps us to understand how we then can respond towards God. See, in chapter 2, chapter 2 is an entire chapter about remembrance and paul directly reminds us of a few key things that we're that we must keep in front of ourselves we have to continue to think about these things and keep them in front of ourselves and we understand remembering on purpose you know i i have this ring that i wear every day this is a token of remembrance not that if I don't put it on that I forget that I'm married to my wife, but that it, every time I look at it, every time I, I go to grip and I feel it, every time a little sun glints off of it, it is a token of remembrance reminding me of the decision and the commitment that I made to my wife and that she made to me. We see things of remembrance all of the time. Last week we took communion together which was this thing of remembrance. Those of ladies who went to the ladies' luncheon with my wife this past week, y'all all took communion together, I believe, and she encouraged y'all and sent y'all equipped with little communion cups to go home and, and do it with your families to remember together what Christ has done for us. We had somebody come into the office in need of healing, and we took communion together. We did a thing of remembrance, remembering what Christ had done this is part of our heritage, of who we are as believers. There are things we need to keep in front of ourselves all the time. And see, one of the first things we need to remember, and Paul opens up here in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, is that we have to remember that we were dead because of the things we both did and didn't do. See, we have to remember that outside of Christ we were dead. If we get too far removed from our point of salvation, and when we, we sometimes it, we can become so alive in Christ, and it becomes so natural that we can forget the fact that wow, outside of Christ, I was I was dead. I wasn't sick. See, God did not send Jesus to make bad people good. God sent Jesus to make dead people alive. See, we were dead in our transgressions. We were dead in our sins. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live 
when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. There's still this thing of death working in those that have not embraced and been obedient to the, to the call to embrace Christ. All of us also used to live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. We have shifted over in Christ from being objects of wrath to being God's chosen dearest possessions in the universe. God loves us, but we have to remember that we once were dead. Now, see, we have a unique opportunity that a lot of folks, you know, it's only a handful of people that get to go to their own funeral. Only a handful of folks. I read about a year ago about a, a man in southern Brazil, and his name was Edmir Jorge Gonçalves. I hope I said that right. And uh, anyways, he was, he on Monday morning, they had a funeral for this man. There had been a wreck he had gone, his truck had gone off the, the side of a cliff there, and it burst into flames. The family had identified the body. They're having this big Brazilian funeral, and about halfway through it, walks in the guy they're having the funeral for. He's come to check out his funeral. And everybody just freaks out, and it just goes crazy. They're excited. They're confused. What's going on? Well, the, the fire had had so disfigured things and the, the, this, this poor individual had worn similar clothing and was of a similar age and they just misidentified him. And this man got to walk into his own funeral and hear all the sweet things that people were saying about him and, and get to have glimpses of how sad everybody was going to be when he was gone. Well, see, tonight when we have baptisms, baptism is a type of funeral with that we are identifying with the fact that we were dead, buried, and risen in Christ. As believers, we get to spiritually attend our own funerals. We get to go and we get to, to, to be there. And we need to always remember that what we left behind was a dead man. That with that was dead in Christ. And we are and we're dead in our transgressions and we are now alive in Christ. And see, the thing is, is if we don't remember that we're dead... We will, we will forget what our mistakes do. We will forget because we tend to think that we're pretty good. We tend to think we're pretty all right, folks, that we're, you know, we're, we're better than most so that we, we fall into the, the top tier. And I had to have a conversation with one of my children this week that will go nameless. And, uh, and so that, this child, I won't even say the gender, brought home a, a test grade. Okay? And the little corner of the paper was, was bent over. And you couldn't see it. And he said, Daddy, I, needed, I need you to sign this. And I noticed it looked like this, this red pen had exploded on this paper. I mean, there's just something, something was wrong. It's just a, the, a Clark child should just not have this much red on their paper. So I bent this, the little ear of this up to see what exactly this grade was. It was just, it was just wrong. It was just, it was just wrong. And I don't, I don't have a lot of compassion with bad grades, and so I, I, I had to, to calm myself down, and, and I said, you know, I talked to this individual, I said, well, what happened here? What, what, is, what is the deal with this? And immediately, I tried my hardest. I tried, I tried my hardest. And I'm like, okay, okay, maybe you did. Maybe this is just tough, okay? Tell me what you did. Tell, walk me through the process for preparing 
for this test. Okay, did you did you study? Did you open your book? Did you did you make a study guide? Oh, my, my teacher made me a study guide. Oh, did you look at it? I left it at school. Uh, seriously, that's your hardest. You really think that's your hardest? And I'm telling you, initially, they were just so sincere that, oh, that would just, oh, their hardest. And they had to come to an understanding that that was not their hardest. That they had, through their undiligence, had created that grade and were dealing with it. We have to remember because we will dupe ourselves and we will think we're pretty okay. We're pretty good. You know, God loves me because I'm better than that idiot that lives next door to me. I I fall in the top. No, 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 no. That we were dead as the person that annoys you the most with their sin. You were just as dead as them. And we have to remember that. Not that we wallow in it. Not that we're stuck in it. Not that we, and I know sweet people say it all the time, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Guess what? I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm a saint. But you know what? I once was dead. And I, have to, I can't forget that part. And Paul tells us not to forget it. He reminds us. And see, he uses two words here. He uses these, this word transgression and sin. And you, it seems like maybe he's being kind of redundant, but he's not. Okay, See, a transgression is, is this thing that it gets really close. It's near, but it doesn't meet. It gets close, but it doesn't meet it. It's this thing, it's, they, they talk about, and I'm going to use the same word here, the, there are sins of omission, where you kind of leave something out, and there are sins of commission, where you just go and do something. Okay, The omission decisions are the transgressions. That's the stuff we should have done we didn't do. See, the, uh, the Word of God tells us that if the good that we know we should do and don't do it, to that, to us, when we know we should do something, to us, it is sin. I'm telling you, I've been meditating on this, and yesterday, I'm walking down. My hands are semi-full. They weren't completely full, but they were semi-full after the football game, the flag football game. And I walk, and I see a piece of trash on the ground. Okay, And I think, I need to pick that up. They asked parents, you know, to kind of police the grounds, and I just kind of step over it thinking, you know, my hands are full. You know, somebody else is going to get this. And man, I tell you what, God just pricked my heart and said, you know what? The good you ought to do and don't do it. To, to you, it's sin. Anybody else walking past here? It ain't, but, but to you, you knew you should do that. So I had to back up, pick up that trash, and throw it away. Not because there's some heavy thing there, but because it was for me. God said, that's a good thing I need to do. Now, you know, to some of us, some of us, a good thing we need to do is, 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 is watching our diet a little bit better. You know, if, God, if that's a good thing and we leave it out, that's a transgression. We need to be walking by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit leads us in things that we don't need to transgress. And then the commission decisions, those are just the things we understand as just straight up sin. You know, where we just, just the stuff that we, we know we're not supposed to do and we do it anyways. That's just that straight up stuff. And we have the transgressions and sin and both of us bring, both of those things brought death to us outside of Christ. See, some, so many times we can, if we don't watch it, if we don't understand the dynamic, we can be like maybe this college student, okay, who has a job 
and they're supposed to supposed to spend so many hours at class and so many hours at their job and, and then they have their little food card they can go to the cafeteria you know but if they go and they do the right things at the wrong times they're over there hanging out on college campus when they're supposed to be at work and then they go and hang out at the work area when they're supposed to be on the college campus and then they're doing something else when it's meal time you know what they're going to get fired uneducated and starve you said, well, what did you do with your day? Well, I was at college today. I was where I was supposed to work today. I showed up to the cafeteria. You did it all in the wrong order. You did things all messed up. Just having the right pieces in isn't quite enough. We need to make sure we're, we're walking in, that we're not doing these sins of omission and, and, and allowing death to creep in to our lives. See, Romans 4, 220, Romans 4, 25 says he delivered us. He, had, he was delivered, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. See, our sins and death are always connected. Even in Jesus' life, our sin and death was connected. Sin and death are always connected. Romans 5.15 says, but the gift is not like the trespass. It's not like the, the omission thing. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man... How much more did God's grace and the gift <clears throat> that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? And then Romans 5.17 says, For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. See, the trespass, the sin, over and over again is connected to death. We can't forget where we came from. And then the next verse, I love the but God verses. It's always awesome when God butts in. I'm so thankful that in our lives God butted in. And these are the wonderful but God verses. And it's verse 4. It says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. Sorry guys running the slides. But remember that it was because of his great love for us. It was because there was a reason that God has done the things he has done. And it's because... He loves us so incredibly much. And if we don't remember that, I'm telling you, we will be disconnected and we will try to, to, to pull away when God is trying to draw us near. This week we were I was coming in from picking up the kids from school and driving up the street and there's this lady just kind of parked all crazy in the middle of the street. And so I, I can't tell what's going on. So we kind of drive on past her and she moves. I go and park in front of my house and I look in my side view mirror and here comes this lady sprinting down the road and just sprints right by my, if I'd have opened my door, I mean, it'd have been ugly. And uh, she just sprints right by and then I look and there's this little dog that's on the loose and she's chasing this dog. So my kids immediately like, can we go help? And I asked her, does it bite? She said, no. I was like, yes, we can. So we all, the three kids and me all jump on bikes and we're just chasing this dog all over the place. And I think we did more harm than good. And we just, this little dog was just running, darting out in front of cars or people honking, all sorts of mess. And uh, <clears throat> anyways, it was just, this little dog was just running away as hard as it could. It sit there and you could just hear it panting. It was tired. It was weary. But for some reason, it just didn't want to get caught. And all this owner wanted to do was bring it back into a place of love and care and nurture. And this dog decided it needed some sort of amount of freedom and was just wearing itself out, trying to live on its own 
instead of under the care of that that it was loved and saw all of this other effort as as just this this thing to flee and so finally we just backed off and let the owner do what it needed to do but if we don't remember that's because of god's love for us we'll forget that when he starts trying to do things we're like oh god's trying to mess with my life why is he convicting me about something i'm i'm eating why is he convicting me about the stuff i'm watching no it's because of his great love for us i don't care what it is holy spirit starts talking to you about something it's always because of his great love for you always 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 we have to have that nailed down and we have to remember it with all of our being see romans 5 8 says but god demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners while we were running full hard away from him wearing ourselves out and panting that christ died for us while we we weren't sitting on the front doorstep you know saying i'm sorry no we were running way away from him and he died for us first john 4 9 says this is how god showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him now then we also have to remember we have to remember that we were dead we have to remember that it was love but we also have to remember that we are now alive in christ we can't let that slip out of our minds and that all the life that comes with Christ is ours. Ephesians 2, 5 through 7 says, And made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in christ jesus we're alive and he wants to show his love to us see romans five twenty one says so that just as sin reigned in death so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through jesus christ our lord we are alive in him we are alive it's in him we live and move and have our being. See, I love that Paul says to me, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm, it is such a beautiful, beautiful image. The next thing we have to remember is that this new life did not come from you. We don't get any other credit at all. Zippo. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I tell you, man, well, we all want to take credit for something. We want, woo, I want to hang the plaque, want the award, want to be able to get my picture taken, want to be able to, mm, I did it. But when it comes to this thing of our relationship with Christ, none of us get to do that. No one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. See, it does not come from the outside. It was God's Spirit bringing it alive on the inside. This week, we uh, had a conversation, and my, my daughter 
Brooklyn, she told me that uh, this, this young man who was, uh, you know, excited and zealous about the way his church does things, and not everybody understands the concepts of different churches operate in different ways. And uh, he was, you know, excited about his thing, and and uh, you know, it, for some reason, it really bothered him. I found out that we're that we that we dress casually, and that Brooklyn wears t-shirts and jeans to church. And uh, she he she was this young man was giving her a hard time about it, and uh, you know, and, and letting her know that she you know didn't love God enough because um, she didn't dress up for church, and uh, she loved God more. She dressed better, and uh, um, and so Brooklyn, which you don't mess with Brooklyn. And uh, she uh, put him in his place and, you know, told him that, you know, that was that was a mess. And so as we're discussing it, Carson is sitting there on the on the little bar stool and he's just overhearing all this. And I said, well, you know, I said, you know, we have to remember that our relationship with God doesn't come from any external thing. It's not something we 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 externally do. It's something that is alive and goes from the inside out. This is about a heart thing. And I said, anytime you reduce our relationship to God to a set of rules, it's not a relationship anymore. And so, and Carson sits there and all of a sudden he pops up and he goes, well, that boy is confused. (laughs) Well, I don't have any problem with people putting on the, you know, dressing to the nines and going to church. I don't have a problem with that at all, you know, but here... We don't, we don't make that a prerequisite. We don't make that. Because we have to understand this next thing, okay? Is that we have to remember what it's like to not know God. That's the next thing Paul talks about. You have to remember what it was like. You know, too easily we can all begin to huddle up as Christians and become more and more and more Christian-y and forget what it's like to be on the outside looking in. And all of the stuff and how foreign it can be. Ephesians 2, 11 through 12 says, Therefore, remember that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcised. Now, this sounds funny to us, but it's basically they were saying, you're not, you're not part of God and we are part of God. The circumcision was a sign of covenant of the Jewish people. And then some of them began to become proud of that issue. And they would they would reject anybody on the outside. I tell you what, we can't look down our nose at, at that group because we can just as easily begin to say, well, you don't belong to my denomination or you don't belong to my church or you don't read your Bible every day or you don't this, 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 this. Whatever this little thing that I do that I like about my religiousness and you don't do it, now I call you out and I'm in. And see, and Paul's getting onto that. He says, don't be doing that. He says, remember in verse 12 that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise. See, when we're outside of Christ, we're excluded. We're outside of the covenant of promise. It can be an ugly, hopeless place out there. And we have to remember that there are people that that's their daily life. And we can't forget that. Okay? That's why... Here with Celebration Church, we work real hard to try to remove anything that isn't core to our relationship with God. We're here in a neutral setting. We're here to spend the money to be in this movie theater, to be in a neutral setting. So that somebody, that there's nothing wrong with stained glass and steeples, but some people, it just kind of wigs them out a little bit. 
And so we want to make sure that there's nothing that's, that gets in the way. Some people don't have dress clothes. So we don't wear any. So people just wear whatever they wear so that they can come to Christ. We, we hopefully our, our music sounds like something you might hear on the radio, on just secular radio. And say, oh, I at least understand the tune. I, I at least can sit here and appreciate it. And we do these things on purpose because we try to remember what it was like to be on the outside. See, people say, well, when are you, know, are you ever going to get a building? Celebration Church, are you ever going to have a building? And I say, yeah, we will. And they're like, how long? And I say, when we finally, when all of us, it's in our DNA that we don't have to force ourselves to remember what it's like to not know God. So that we don't create a place that's for us believers. We create a place that's for people to come to know God. And we have to have that hardwired in us. And that's part of what God is doing in us. Every time we come here, every time we sit up, it's a reminder. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about these other folks that don't know God yet. And that's part of what this is about. We have to remember this stuff on purpose. And then we have to remember, last of all, that we grow together. That we so incredibly need each other. See, Ephesians 2, 17 through 22 says, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and preached and peace to those who were near. Those who were far away from God got peace and those who were right there got peace too. He preached peace to those who were far and near. For through him we both, the worst and the closest to being in, both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. While we were traveling in 2008, we went to a, a place that um, on purpose, it seemed, on, if you didn't understand their, their, their vision, you, you wouldn't get it. But their target was people who were Jewish so that they could embrace Jesus as their Messiah. And we went, and their, their, their church and their service was very different. The name of their church is called Baruch Hashem, which means praise the name. And everything seemed very Jewish, but they were making it to where somebody who, was a, who had not accepted Jesus as Messiah could easily accept him. They took out everything that didn't stand in the way of the relationship with God and, and didn't and didn't violate them having to be a Jew because they didn't have to quit being a Jew. They were still a Jew. Jesus was a Jew, folks. It was. And so, and while he was there, while we were there, he was preaching through Ephesians. And the sermon he preached on was welcome fellow citizens. And he was teaching his people, especially those who had been Jews a long time, of, you know what? These that are Gentiles that are coming in and worshiping because they, they love the, the, the heritage and whatnot, they're just as much apart. And here, just, I mean, this was a modern, what Paul was doing in this moment. I got to sit there and watch it in 2008 where you had Jews and Gentiles. And he said, no, you know what? We are connected in Christ. We are fellow citizens. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Jew doesn't have to quit being Jewish. The, the Gentile embraces their, their, their Savior. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. <clears throat> it says, and then we're built on 
and the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as our chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are connected. And as we're connected to each other, <laughs> it's, a it's like multiple batteries being hooked together. So all of a sudden, then maybe I, I have the power to do one thing, but as I am connected in an agreement with my wife, there's this whole other source that's connected. And as we're all linked together, the power just increases. The, the Spirit of God just increases. That's, he's building this with you and I. I got to hear an awesome young man remind me of the fact that, you know what? <laughs> that we're called to be burdens. And to view one another as brothers in Christ. And to just be there for each other like we would a blood brother. Like who a family. That that is what God has called us to do. See, we desperately need each other. That's what these gatherings are about. Not that God can't show up when you read in your own bedroom. But that when we keep these vital relationships alive, that just... presence of god is magnified the spirit of god is magnified everything of god is magnified as we stay in the spirit of connectedness in christ see god has done so much for us we need to keep those things in our remembrance we have to remember that we were dead and then we have to remember that we're alive we have to remember what it was dead what it was like in both places Remember to stay connected. And this morning, I want to give opportunity for those who may have shown up and you say, you know what, Brandon, I'm in that dead place. I recognize it. I'm in that dead spot. I need the life that God alone brings. And I want to accept this Jesus. Obviously, sin brings death. Jesus did a death for my sin, and I just want to embrace that. 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 